I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of FFS, another Brexit podcast. I'm Abby Tomlinson. And I'm Amanda Chetwind-Cavison. And we're here to give you all the latest Brexit cock-ups and bust-ups and basically try to bring a bit of hope and youthful optimism to what seems like a never-ending nightmare. Indeed, what a start, Abby. <laughs> but indeed, you know, fair enough. Uh, so this week we've actually got something slightly different in terms of who's joining us as a guest in the form of YouTuber and social media influencer Lucy Moon. Yes, it will be nice to talk to someone who isn't a politician about Brexit. Uh, Lucy has a massive audience on Insta and Twitter and proves we mean it when we say this podcast is different. Exactly. Lucy Moon to Ian Dale. We've kind of got a bit of everyone so far. <laughs> So now we move on to the section of the podcast where we talk about what's caught our eyes this week. First of all, we had our rally in Oxbridge on Sunday. We were in Boris Johnson's own backyard. Not that he would recognise it. Yeah, exactly. And FFS had some great speakers, including the amazing FFS supporter and vice president of the National Union of Students, Erica Ramos, as well as Brunel University Students Union President, Ranjit Rattour. And they were, they were very lucky. They were joined by the Shadow Foreign Secretary, Emily Thornbury. What a woman. There were big crowds and lots of anger in the room at Boris Johnson's willingness to impose a destructive no deal on an unwilling country. Indeed. And Erica and Ranjit both got huge rounds of applause for their speeches. And it was just quite the sight to see to have young people really leading the calls and the charge from Uxbridge before we go into the Boris Johnson dynasty. It was indeed. And there has been movement this week as Labour finally came out unequivocally for a people's vote in which they would campaign to stay in the European Union. Yeah, I mean, they took their sweet time, but they got there eventually. And we're not unhappy, are we, Abby? No, no, we're not. Absolutely. And if we consider where we were this time last year, especially, and all the efforts of young people and young FFS activists since then, it's actually quite remarkable where we've ended up now. No, definitely. And I think... I think it is important to say that what Labour need to do now is put their words into actions. I kind of said last week that an email and a press release isn't a campaign and they need to really remember that and really lead the campaign to securing a people's vote. And we know that they can't afford to keep dragging their feet or be lukewarm about it anymore. We hear that from young Labour campaigners or ex-young Labour campaigners the whole time. So excellent, excellent movement, but time to crack on, in my opinion. 
So it's also exciting times with Team FFS. In the last week, we've sent out dozens and it feels like hundreds of mobilisation <laughs> packs does. to like youth and student leaders and young people all across the UK. Yes, the days of sitting in a meeting room surrounded by boxes are over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and big shout out to our mobilisation team, Izzy and Rosie, for all their work on it. Absolutely. And it's definitely a good moment to say if any young activists or kind of elected youth or student representatives are listening, want a mobilisation pack, please do drop us a line or get in touch on social media. You get everything from badges and a t-shirt all the way across to leaflets with tips and tricks about how to get involved in the People's Vote campaign. So on to equally depressing news. It's a week to go before Prime Minister is announced. So this may be our last podcast where the UK doesn't have Boris Johnson as Prime Minister. I think we speak for a significant <laughs> proportion of the population when we say that's really quite sad yes. times. <laughs> but in more cheery news, we're hosting a rally in Parliament on the 22nd of July. We are indeed. It's called the Rally for the Future and that's exactly what it's going to be. MPs and activists speaking and young people coming together to fight, well, for our future's sake. So we've got some really exciting speakers lined up already, always with more to be announced. But already we've got the excellent Wes Streeting and Catherine West MP from the Labour Party, as well as Chair of Labour Students, Rania Ramley. The link to tickets, which are free, can be found on all our social media platforms and it will be happening at 6.30pm in Committee Room 6 in the Houses of Parliament. You know you want to come. Come and join us in Parliament. It's going to be an excellent evening. It really is. And we've also recently launched a crowdfunder, which is now almost 25% funded. A huge thank you to everyone who has donated so far, but we're not quite there yet. We want to be active at 100 university and college campuses across the country to engage and involve young people will be most impacted by the destructive Brexit we're fast approaching. But we still need more help. We always need more help. So please do like, share and of course if you're able to donate to the crowdfunder. If you, like us, don't want the current trajectory of Brexit to define your future. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So today, we're very excited to have YouTuber Lucy Moon on our podcast. She has over 300,000 subscribers on YouTube, 100,000 followers, over 100,000 followers, sorry, on Instagram, and 80,000 followers on Twitter, which is definitely more than some of our previous guests. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think Ian Dale is really into Instagram. <laughs> and he did tell me he listens to this, so shout out to you, Ian. We'll help you with your Instagram following. No, so Lucy, we always start by asking our guests to give someone an FFS award for something they've done that's ridiculous, out of the ordinary, or that's just really caught your attention over the last week. So who would you give it to? So I've been thinking about this for a solid two days yeah. now. <laughs> wow. And I've come up with no one because <laughs> I genuinely, I feel like the whole world is consumed by Boris at the moment and all the news is Boris and everything I'm listening to podcast wise is Boris, Boris, Boris. Yeah. So I really, I don't even know where we're at with Brexit right now. It feels like it's completely on pause until he is elected. So it's just... I don't want to give him an award. Yeah, so, I was about to say, <laughs> Boris doesn't deserve yeah, an award. I feel like may, maybe the award goes to the fact that he's not prime minister yet. <laughs> yeah, I back the, that. the empty space. It's a short time, so yeah. I really back that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yes, that was a good answer. Um, so obviously your platforms are not traditionally political ones. And like that isn't the subject not you're necessarily known for. But has Brexit made you want to get more involved and talk more about politics? Or do you think it's actually had sort of the opposite effect and put you off? It's definitely had the opposite effect. When I was in uni, I was working at a nonprofit called Bite the Ballot. And I think their work is really amazing what they do. And the founder, Mike, really made it his mission to encourage young people to vote. And I was working there during the 2015 election. And I was really, really politically involved, especially around young people and what we can do to influence politics. However, I think kind of as the Brexit as, well, I think it came as like when Trump got elected and Brexit happened. That all was, what, 2016. And yeah, I just realized I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't know enough. I couldn't keep up. I also kind of lost interest and became incredibly apathetic mm. just because it's not inspiring for things to go wrong a yeah. lot, a lot. And for things to get worse, I always think of us as like, we're like the children of the recession. And like how <laughs> <Yeah>. we've like, <laughs> like we got yeah. a housing crisis and everything else kind of off the back yeah. of that. And it just potentially is getting worse. Also, my mum's really up to date on it and she doesn't exactly fill me with hope. So oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got really distant from it. And I've been asked to do a podcast before on Brexit stuff. And I've just shied away or anything political now because mm. I just don't want to be a part of it in a way. But I think I'm coming back to it, you know? Yeah. I think I'm getting I'm making a comeback. I'm getting there, you know. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be up to date, especially That's... as things get worse and worse. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> no fair. That's quite interesting, though. But do you think there's sometimes like quite a lot of pressure on people with like a, quite a large social media following, almost like to keep your followers up to date on like either your opinion or even just like what's going on? Like, have you felt that pressure or ever seen that like aimed at yourself in particular? Definitely. I've definitely seen that pressure. And I've definitely, I, do you know, I really noticed that pressure when Zoella and Alfie were a thing. If you remember, mm -hmm, like, yeah. like, obviously they're still a thing, very successful people, but <laughs> they had a huge surge in interest and following in maybe 2012, 2013. And I remember one of the key things that was 
I don't know, one of their key, the key criticisms aimed at them was why don't you talk about issues? Yeah. Why don't you promote charities? Why don't you talk about this awful thing that's happening here? And they claimed they wanted to create a positive space online. And I say this in inverted commas because I think that's stupid. And mm. I don't think... I don't think talking about things that aren't good means you make your space negative. Mm -hmm. So I think it's super, super important for us to talk about things. But I think in the current climate, like I get a lot of criticism online, like a lot. YouTube has a special department of people who are hired to support female LGBTQ plus and not white creators because we get the bulk of the abuse on the platform. Yeah. I so know that, actually, I yeah. don't know if it's like public, public knowledge, but they, you know, I meet with them every month yeah. and we chat and we talk through the things I'm like facing and like the struggles I'm dealing with and like talk about that and how they can help potentially. And so like, as soon as you put opinion out there that is remotely controversial or maybe you don't have a full, full knowledge of, you know, like reflex reposting and stuff, you're opening yourself up to a world of trolling potentially. Mm. So I've always been, I think you need to do it at your own pace the way that you can and make it very clear you don't know very much. Yeah. <laughs> and that seems to be like the approach I tend to take or just the general encouraging people to vote. I'm not yeah. going to encourage you which way to vote. Yeah. I just really want you to participate in democracy. Yeah. And do you think that's like the trolling is the main reason why like influencers and YouTubers kind of don't want to comment on politics or do you think they're kind of worried about it being like damaging to their brand in a sense? Like I, I think they all think they don't know enough. Really? I really yeah. yeah, genuinely. Oh, I think I think we, we've all had, we all, I know every YouTuber, no, the, the like, UK <laughs> YouTube community, we have talked about these things over time as well like over the past five or six years and the majority of the people I've spoken to would say that they just don't know enough they don't feel educated enough I certainly don't feel educated enough at all to speak on with any kind of authority and I like the extent of my knowledge is I listen to today and focus by the guardian every morning and that's like how I keep up with my news yeah. now because I try and not get it on twitter so and even then like having listened to reporters discussing like yeah different elements of of brexit what for like three months now i still don't feel like i've got enough knowledge to ever speak about it on a public platform so like yeah i think there's a lot of pressure yeah. to get it right i find that quite interesting because there's almost like there's something to be said for actually that being the most relatable thing particularly for people with young audiences feeling like you don't know enough like i literally work in politics have done for a year and I still <laughs> absolutely freak out before I have to do any kind of media or yeah, get asked a question by like anyone <laughs> but often like some of the people we work with on campuses will say to us actually that's the most relatable that is the most relatable thing yeah and I think I think that mix that with apathy because it is so hard to dissect a lot of what's going on with mm. stuff like Brexit it creates this kind of oh well they've screwed us over enough already yeah there's nothing we can do and my voice won't impact it kind of mentality yeah no I can definitely um definitely understand that one I think um obviously we were just just vaguely mentioned about having like young audiences and there's always kind of a ongoing challenge I guess for like content creators like yourself but also campaigns like ours around trying to constantly engage more and different and more diverse and from different places young people from all across the UK and I was wondering if you looking at like kind of the stuff that you've done in your work had any thoughts about what political campaigns either like ours or just general campaigns could or should do differently to get into more younger audiences you know what I think about this uh, like a fair bit and I think the yeah right 
I think <laughs> the number one thing you need in order to engage young people is a CTA. If you don't mm. have something for them to do, go to the march, go vote, go sign up for this thing. Um, you're not going to gain momentum because there's not a tangible thing that's achievable in, I don't know, in a day or in a week or 30 seconds that they can yeah. do to participate. It's the problem with politics in a way. Politics isn't just click this button or... Yeah. I don't know, sign this petition, come to this march. There's so much more to it and it's long. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. But um, yeah, it's, it's hard to get people on board with something unless they, they see it within their horizon exactly what's actually going to happen. Mm. That's really interesting about having like a call to action because, I mean, like you said, I mean, so many young people are kind of like, they want to, something to be quite quick. I think that's yeah. more than understandable. Everything about our lives is like unbelievably fast whether it is like social media or like the way it feels like going through school and all but particularly for us as a campaign we're trying to win over one mp at a time or like get onto one new campus <laughs> at a time and i think sometimes I mean, we've spoken about it before trying to make it feel like it's constantly got momentum yeah. behind it yeah because i think as well like young people have put loads of time and energy into politics in mm. the past decade and it it hasn't gone their way every single time yeah. and nothing is building um, hope really, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think it's <laughs> apathetic and that's kind of why. So if you can be like, come to this anti-Trump rally or come to this thing and that, that feels tangible and that feels like, oh, we're making a difference. We'll maybe make the news. We'll maybe create some buzz. Like the free periods campaign mm. has done so, so well because you're like, yeah, I can make a tangible change. This isn't going to be life-changing for the whole world but it will do something good you know and I yeah. think that becomes that's where it becomes really challenging with these huge vast and really difficult to understand changes in the law which yeah. is I guess basically what we're going to go through and like how how do you explain I've forgotten the name of it again but um where proroguing do I mean that? Proroguing parliament. Yeah, like how do you explain that to people? Yeah, and like exactly. how do you protest it? And how do you, like, yeah. I don't know, there's like, sure what? Yeah. What is, like, we were literally talking can... to some MPs who were like, no, we don't, we don't get it. And I was like, no, yeah, how is this you allowed? really need to get it. <laughs> so like there's, it's a minefield, this particular issue. Mm. And yeah, it, engaging people, it's hard. Yeah. And as the first person on our podcast who doesn't work in politics, what are your perceptions of like uh, the wider People's Vote campaign? And have you seen people around you change their minds maybe about having People's Vote? Or do you think people kind of feel the same? So I've been to two or three of the People's Vote marches. Um, nice. My mum's like staunchly remain amazingly, which is great. <laughs> And she brings along everyone she can. She roped in my boyfriend last time, my dad. <laughs> we have a great time. We'll go together and then we go Family to Pizza trip. Express. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's bonding, isn't it? It's really, and obviously I, I'd be there anyway, but you know, yeah. my mum mm. going gives me the extra like, great, cool. Yeah. I'll turn up early and make a sign <laughs> or whatever yeah. I end up doing. But um, I see a lot of people either going going from this is impossible to this might be possible. Yeah. Mm. That's that's where I see the change of mindset. I don't see it uh people who want to remain or leave switching. Yeah. Like yeah. I generally see within pretty much everyone I know, I guess, wants to remain. Yeah. Yeah, whether it would be possible, whether we've lost it kind of already. Like um we just can't do anything. 
Mm. Um, but a lot of that comes out of lack of education and lack of knowledge on the yeah. topic because we just don't have that many available resources. Have you seen TLDR News on YouTube? I haven't, no. I've heard, I think I've heard of it, but I'm not sure I've watched it's it. It's great. It's a brand new UK news channel and they summarise everything into bite-sized chunks, like an educational resource, oh, basically, oh, nice. um, in infographics and everything. And they're so good. And I reckon that will have one of the biggest impacts in getting young people back involved in the Brexit discussion because they're breaking it all down in these five-minute videos mm. or 10-minute videos. Oh, I like that. That's really and cool. And it's like that kind of a thing, I think, is what cha- is what gets people to be like, oh, a people's vote actually might be possible or like, oh, this step might actually yeah. lead to this step, yeah. lead to this step. It feels, it's just so weird that we had a referendum and that was democracy and that was yeah. it. Like, yeah. it's just so weird when you actually think about it. But we've had this narrative fed to us for two years now that that was how it worked. We did democracy and now yeah. it's done. Yeah. It and it froze on that one day. Yeah. Like because the debates changed so much. Like in 2016, no, you know, Boris Johnson wasn't like, oh, you might not have drinking water. Like, yeah. no one was saying that. Oh my that. God, yeah. It was like, let's fund the NHS, everyone, with our big buses. So. Yeah. Oh, the bus. <laughs> that always makes me sad. Um, so I guess, kind of finally, what would your message to young people be who maybe want to get involved, but aren't sure you know where to go where to look have you got any apart from obviously tldr news like other like campaigns or outlets you'd give a shout out to i would always say that i think there's a brexit podcast i've not listened to it personally but um easy ways that you can digest news that are i would it's really hard isn't it because like as much as i want to be like go read the guardian or go pick up the eye it's Mm. just not always practical or something people do I use a great tool called Instapaper which is where I can save articles to read later um, offline so I do it on the tube I'll read up on, on my articles and like nice. that's really good yeah. so Instapaper's great um, I listen to Stay in Focus every day to try and keep up with they, they kind of look at the context around yeah. a particular news story each day and a lot of that's around Brexit yeah. and I find that really helpful and then like I just yeah I just think the best thing you can do is educate yourself because mm. you'll start caring more and you'll reignite your interest in yeah. the situation. Yeah. But beyond that, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people, I, like I definitely find this, you find it so difficult to not let yourself be swayed either by the people that you like really trust, family, friends, yeah. school friends, whatever. And like you know that actually they have, you know, if my friends talk to me, they know my opinion on Brexit, but a lot of them, I, I think it'd be fair to say, would still take my breakdown of brexit is like face value like oh it's probably right even yeah, though they know yeah, I'm like a massive bias yeah but like i think it's actually really hard for people to not do that and to not do the same with like twitter and stuff as well definitely yeah. it's yeah the whole cult the whole environment in which all of this is being discussed online is really toxic mm. and then on top of that like i think it's really hard to be a political influencer and be likable because yeah. Yeah. yeah like a lot of the people the influencers i met doing by the ballot you have to be really opinionated and you have to put yourself across basically like a politician mm. yeah. to be, um, to, yeah, you just come across like a politician and we don't really like politicians on the whole or we find people inauthentic and yeah, cheesy exactly. and, and unpleasant. And so a lot of the people who are dedicating a lot of their time online to talking about this stuff are actually, I think, maybe pushing people away or bringing more extreme opinions or it, more... I don't know, people with more extreme beliefs towards them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because those like, yeah, I get tweeted at by like accounts with like communist, Marxist like imagery in them. And then mm-hmm. also like far right stuff way more often than I would ever get 
message by someone who's like, I don't know, or like, or even the proper like pro Brexiteer people with yeah. the English flag. I'll get them way more than I'll ever get someone who's like, I'm a conservative <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like, I'm a liberal. Like you just don't really get that, unfortunately. Yeah. And so those are the people who latch on to like the, the like Tom Harwoods of the world and like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's just a weird, weird world and not, not a good yeah. environment to be having like a really complex nuanced discussion yeah. about policy exactly. yeah and um, do you have a message for mps perhaps who because they always say to us like i mean daily they'll say to us you know help us chat to young people get us onto <laughs> campuses help us do this and i'm like more than happy to take you out of westminster into campuses but you can't like you have to actually think about your audience you're not suddenly yeah. talking to the other 650 mps you're not talking to sky news then bbc like you are yeah, sometimes yeah. chatting to yeah. people who are 14 all the way up to 30 international students and I think a lot of them really struggle with like really young, yeah, yeah but everyone's been young that's like I don't know we've all been here like everyone remembers what uni was like for them don't they like everyone's got anecdotes like my parents have all these anecdotes about like my dad went to play squash every day because he couldn't afford to the hot water in the house for the yeah. showers and all that stuff like you get all of that weird like they really remember it well. So I'm really surprised that they feel there's a disconnect with how they would communicate with people who are students. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just something that I've definitely noticed recently. And they'll say to us kind of, you know, they don't ask for help writing their messages, but they'll kind of, there's almost like a nervousness sometimes yeah, perhaps in terms of they'll be like oh, okay so I'm going to talk to students about Brexit. And we know what the overwhelming majority of young people or students think and how they feel about both a people's vote about brexit and about all of it but you can see it like behind their eyes they they look more nervous yeah. sometimes doing that than if i see them doing media interviews outside really? parliament yeah i find it genuinely i think it's kind of like how i feel when i see like a, a group of like youths on bikes it's very like very scared <laughs> can you know, tell you're going with this you know, you know, i can you tell know you know moved I mean? here like, two you months know ago when you have like loads of 12 year olds and they're on bikes i just find it really scary i don't know why <laughs> But, it's, but then it's like, it's I always terrifying. think like it's about education and like educating yourself on what the students care about and the students getting educated by you mm. on what's going on. And then you can, because yeah, you're in a way you're preaching to the choir when you go into a university, because as we said, they're pretty much all, or like not obviously pretty much all, but like the vast majority of young people sway towards Remain. Yeah. And they do care quite a lot, but mm. they don't really get what's going on they feel disconnected they feel like no one cares about it no one cares about them and their role in everything because yeah, people definitely. keep voting against what they what they've what they've been yeah. voting for mm. so i think you're not trying to persuade them you're trying to teach them in a way yeah or trying to get people yeah yeah the cta thing like trying to actually get people <laughs> involved because people don't need persuading i don't know yeah that's interesting i don't know what just kind of popped into my head this morning i think i saw an mp doing a media interview outside I won't say who obviously yeah. and in my head I was like I've been to a campus with you and you looked terrified <laughs> and yet here you just seem like yeah it's just BBC News and I was like I know which one I'd be more scared about but. some are better than others though like, yeah some oh, definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay Abby Ed Miliband is out of all of the guys who ran in 2015 Ed Miliband was by far the best most charismatic and friendliest that I met yes. so See? I don't think we need to persuade Abby on that one I love him <laughs> I'm just saying the wrong man lost 
Okay. Um, okay. A shout out to Ed as well on this week's podcast. <laughs> Maybe he'll listening. come on the podcast. You never know. <laughs> oh my god! If I ever get to, oh, I just I listen to his podcast as well. Oh, such a spice. Anyway, right. Spice. <laughs> <laughs> he's just really good at. I just I just think he's great. And if there's anyone in politics, I'd like to be mates with him. Um, okay, let me stop this now because it's actually a political thing, and I forgot. <laughs> this is how I started my career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast, Lucy. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so much for everyone who's listened this far. And thank you so much for having me, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> Genuinely, I think we've completely lost Richard. He's head in hands over here. <laughs> and join Amanda and Jason again next week for the immediate reaction from the Tory leadership contest. And it's fair to say the guests we're planning on having will be very well-timed to comment. Definitely going to be an interesting one. And if I may go as far as to say, it's definitely not one to miss. Yes. And we hope everyone enjoys the last week of not having to say Boris Johnson is our Prime Minister. On that inspiring note, thank you for listening <laughs> and goodbye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.